Shalom, shalom, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Pulse of Israel here in our eternal and ancestral homeland, the land of Israel, in our eternal, beautiful, biblical, and indivisible capital, Jerusalem, since King David's time. Today I'm with a very special guest and someone who I am pleased and blessed to call a friend. Someone who I can say I once had, I was once starstruck and uh, an investigative journalist and author who I knew at the time who wrote the book IBM and the Holocaust. What year was that that you wrote that book? It was the 90s. That was 2001. Actually, it was February 11th, 2001. Really? That it launched simultaneously in 40 countries. Unbelievable. So that, that book was a breath of fresh air, something that on the one hand could have been surprising, yet wasn't surprising, and just in a, in a, in a soundbite, uh, Edwin basically revealed the vast connection of not just IBM, but plenty of American businesses to the technological infrastructure for the Nazi killing machine that murdered six million plus Jews. And that was an unbelievable piece of history that you revealed with that book. Since then and before that, he has continued unbelievable work in investigative journalism. Today, he has the Edwin Black Show, which deals with not only current events, but historical topics. Very, very important. Just go online, search, and follow Edwin Black Show. So, Edwin, welcome to Jerusalem. And thank you for having me on, on the show. It is a pleasure having you on the Pulse of Israel. And uh, I, I forgot to bring up one other more more current issue that you investigated, which is so important. I'd love to start with you on that, on, on feedback on that as well. You researched the funding of the European Union to all of the illegal gra land grab and illegal building by Arabs in Judea and Samaria. Yes, uh, that was... Uh, um a three or four part investigative series that uh, premiered in JMS, which is the Jewish News Service, jms.org, and then was syndicated around the world to many other outlets. And it was uh, important for me to show uh, who was funding the, uh, Ill the illegal uh, settlements of the Palestinians, especially in Area C. And I found that a lot of it was being consciously funneled to terrorist organizations such as the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine, which had set up a number of uh, uh, pseudo-authentic working groups like agricultural groups and labor groups and other social groups. And uh, uh, it's, still, it's still going on, but at least we... Uh, uh, shined uh, a very bright light on exactly what they what they were doing, and it involved me um, doing a lot of um, uh, um, interviews, not only with European diplomats who didn't want to talk about it, mm. but uh, terrorists uh, connected to the PFLP who also didn't want to talk about it. It's interesting when you uh, how to reach out and do an interview with a ter ter terrorist. Sure, and. Uh, Ultimately, we found there was a, uh, a web of uh, defense mechanisms to hide this information in, um, uh, through many um, economic veils. Uh, and this has always been one of my devotions, is to find out not, uh, not only who is uh, 
committing the transgressions against the Jews, but who's funding it? I did that with the Holocaust. I did that with financing the flames. My book, when I revealed this uh, uh, extraordinary pay-to-slay uh, prog program that the State Department denied, but now we know is very real. And, uh, and I also did it in this series that you talked about, about Area C, the Grand Lab, and I believe you can still see it in a prominently featured package on JNF. Listen, it's, it's so important, and besides the actual re revelation of the massive amount of funding and little, literal support that the European countries, European governments are giving to basically steal Judea and Samaria from, from the Jews, and allow the Arabs to take it away from us. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's also very much illegal against their own signatures on the Oslo peace process, which was never about peace, because they weren't supposed to, Area C was supposed to be remain uh, under Jewish control and potential future uh, negotiations without the Europeans or Americans taking any sides, and here they're funding the illegal land grab and building of Arabs in Judea and Samaria is definitely taking a, taking a side. Um, and I would say that they have a particular program. The first thing they do is they establish a school so that if there's any attempt to block uh, the construction or the continuation of the school, that's the, strategy. The, the first thing you have is weeping children, weeping mothers, the cameras go on. There's no place in the world, and I've studied the uh, housing codes and construction codes of Jordan and uh, uh, even Syria and Iraq and Egypt. There's no place in the world, not in Maryland and not in Marjayun in Lebanon, where you can uh, build a home without a permit, build a home without code. But that's what's going on here. There, uh, uh, there's so much illegal building by the Palestinians, and it is done to make facts on the ground. First they build a school, then they build a road, then they build a clinic, and then there's housing around it, and these are settlements, and then they claim that these settlements are uh, somehow authorized, any attempt to make them um, comply with law is out the door. Many people say, well, I have a land grant uh, from the Ottoman Empire. Naturally, that's silly because the Ottoman Land Registration Act of uh, 1853 and 1858 specifies that if taxes are not paid within 10 years, the land is seized and goes back to the Turkish government. And there is no Turkish government. And there is no Turkish government. But what was the Turkish government was uh, then conveyed to the Allies to give into the mandate for Jewish Palestine. So as soon as somebody says, well, we, uh, we have a land grant or a land deed from the Ottoman Empire, your very next question is, and to whom do you pay your taxes? That's your very next question. And I've actually studied the land titles and the land deeds uh, in the um, Turkish archives, which are located in various parts of the world. And uh, what you see when you um, uh, examine them is there are no maps, there are no surveys. 
it's all testimony. I own this land, etc. And about 99% of them are falsified. And the reason they're falsified is because as soon as you admitted you owned land, then you had to pay taxes. Oh. And one of your sons had to go into the army. So basically, 99% of them were all fraudulent. We have to remember that um, uh, the Ottoman Land Registration Act was the first uh, attempt uh, following uh, Pasha, uh, Midhat Pasha, to bring civilian reform to the Ottoman Empire and take some land away from the Sultan who owned everything. Uh, that after two, after the first two years, there are only two, uh, two pieces of property, two par parcels registered in the entire Ottoman Empire because no one really wanted to register. And if they did, they did so deceptively because the more land you registered, the more tax you paid, the more children had to go in to the army. Unbelievable. And like bringing it back to the illegal land grab by the Arabs supported by Europeans in Judea and Samaria, the insane, and I would even say not only immoral, but also uh, illegal aspect to this is even in cases like Khan al-Ahmar, which has received the most headlines in Israel, illegally built, funded by the European Union, the EU flag is up there on the buildings. Israel's Supreme Court, had, which in itself is a surprise, also came out saying totally illegal, it should be demolished. Israel has yet to demolish it after decades of court cases and again being decided that it's totally illegal because of pressure from the European Union. So they, because they, they threaten Israel diplomatically and diplomatic consequences. So they fund this illegal land grab and then they threaten Israel with diplomatic consequences if we dare follow the law and actually remove these illegal buildings. Let's be clear about what you're actually trying to say. And that is that the grandsons and the granddaughters of the people who tried to exterminate the Jewish people are now taking up the same cause using juridical and extra ju juridical methodologies. And uh, so, so we have a nation state, the Jewish state, Israel, which is not only fighting to survive and to thrive, but they're still fighting wars. And many of these wars are not just wars of, uh, of uh, missiles, but of missives and uh, of, 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 of paperwork and extraterritorial ex, uh, extortion. That's an economic war. And we still haven't solved how we're going to uh, over, or overcome it. Now, when there's a strong American administration, a strong American administration that is actually not hating and undermining Israel, but is actually uh, supporting Israel, then the American administration is an indispensable factor in mitigation of these activities. There is so much coordination between the EU, between the uh, Arab League, uh, and the United States, and the United Nations. Uh, so much of this is done in the corridors and in the back channels. It's never done in isolation. America has an important role to play, and here we understand that America currently has a Democratic Party, which has a powerful minority that hates Israel. They hate America. They hate Jews. They're getting ready to dispossess 
uh, uh, Jews in America, if they win the next election, they're getting ready to dispossess the Jews of Israel, if they win the next election. There was an interesting and fascinating departure from this hypnosis that the Jew haters of the Democratic Party have, and that is when Isaac Herzog spoke, mm -hmm. and uh, I actually covered this in my show uh, just a, a couple of days ago. There was this extraordinary moment uh, which will be inscribed in the history of the two of the two nations, in which the um, uh, in which the Democratic Party condemned the anti-Israel statements as anti-Semitism. The White House did, and the um, and they joined with their Republicans uh, four nineteen to nine to um, with one uh, Democratic. Uh, uh, calling for present to say Israel is not a racist and apartheid state. We're not only fighting uh, guys with swastikas. We are fighting guys who are putting out a giant um, uh, uh, Joseph-type pit in well that we're at the bottom of, of falsity. We're still trying to get out of the well of falsity that is Israel is an apartheid state, a racist state. You can just walk around this hotel. We're in the Waldorf Astoria. And this hotel is a gathering place for peace and serenity, for people who visit here. You know, I walk to my room. Hello, where are you from? I'm from Jordan. Uh, where are you from? I'm from Ukraine. Uh, uh, Muslims, Jews. Christians working here in complete harmony. And this, of course, is just a microcosm of what's going on in this complete city. So you actually preempted my follow-up question. So I'm just going to uh, try to clarify what you're saying a little bit more. My, my followers know my, I, I, I pride myself on trying to stick with the inspiring, politically incorrect truth, saying it as it is. And your voice is extremely unique, specifically because of your investigation to the IBM and the Holocaust, and then specifically to the illegal uh, EU funding and support for the, the land grab of uh, our, our, our lands in Judea and Samaria. What I like to say, and I want to hear, and you were basically saying this, and I want to hear if you would agree to this terminology and how you, you would clarify it. The anti-Semitism of Nazism has been turned into, and this is me saying it, and I want to hear your, your feedback, has been turned into the friendliness, the so-called friendliness of the European countries by being Israel's friend and ally, yet in reality, they've, they're, they're still the same anti-Semites, just now using it, using the terminology of calling Israel an apartheid state by funding the, the illegal land grab in Judea and Samaria, by supporting the two-state solution and continuing to fund the Palestinian Authority, funding textbooks that teach little kids to kill Jews and their television programs to kill Jews. So it's the same anti-Semitism, but they're just hiding it in a much more convenient way that most people, even most Jews, would like to say, oh, no, 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 that's not anti-Semitism. They really are allies, even the State Department. Well, it's a double and triple standard. When have you ever heard the Biden administration uh, reach out to an Arab country or even the PA, the kleptocratic PA that represents no one except the guys who dwell within, within the palaces and castles that they have established in the Judean hills. Uh, when have you ever heard the Biden administration reach out to one of them and talk 
about uh, their policies, their anti-Israel activities, uh, training little children to kill Jews uh, in open, celebrated fashion, celebrating terrorists. Why, uh, after the terrorist salaries were, st uh, uh, um, the uh, U.S. funding of terrorist salaries were stopped, why did the American administration resume uh, a quarter of a billion dollars. And if, if I may add, going against the American law, which is the Taylor Force Act, that makes it illegal for America to continue funding the Palestinian Authority so long as they continue giving money to terrorists. I remember when I testified before the U.S. Congress, uh, they were astonished that this program existed. I said, look, this, this program does exist. I, and Wendy Sherman came down from the State Department and said, no, this program does not exist, wow. but if it does exist, they're going to stop it soon. And she, and she just came down and, and lied. But I, th I think more, more important a threat than the one you've mentioned from the EU is the one that's looming uh, in the United States. As I have said, uh, repeatedly on my show, there is a substantial, powerful, and growing minority in the Democratic Party. Now, the reason the Democratic Party uh, uh, acted with revulsion at the um, uh, Isaac uh, Herzog case, where there was the, the squad organized a walkout uh, or a boycott of the session, there were these uh, vituperative remarks by uh, Jayapal, the chairman, of the chairperson of the Progressive Caucus, saying that we're fighting to show that Israel is a racist. The reason for all of that has nothing to do with Beitzin in favor of Israel. It has more to do with the fact that, that this party, the Democratic Party, is struggling right now to position itself for the next election. And they really can't afford to live up to the allegation. Now, this strong minority within the, um, uh, within the Democratic Party, and you could call it a third, you can call it a quarter, you can call it 50%, uh, that just depends. They're always threatening the old guys with uh, primary they're threatening to, mar to marginalize them. Uh, these people know how to use social media. The old guys don't. And so they're frightened by these people. Who are the Democrats? Mm -hmm. Now listen here. The Democrats are the ones who took, who uh, in inaugurated British slavery in the British colonies into 15 states in America, maintained that slavery until... Uh, importation was made illegal in, eight, in 1806, uh, continued it until uh, uh, the Civil War, fought a civil war, fought a civil war, that's January 6 times a thousand, fought a civil war to maintain that slavery, invented the Klan, proliferated lynching, fought anti-lynching statutes, had segregation throughout the South. And still too many Americans de deny these truths. They think it was the Republicans who were the bad guys and the Democrats were the good guys. I've explained this, and I do it with graphics and uh, documentation on my show. They were responsible for Indian dispossession, 
they were uh, uh, the Trail of Tears were responsible for the incarceration of the Japanese in concentration camp for no uh, defensible reason during World War II. Um, the uh, the Democrats were completely responsible for the fact that so many Jews died in the Holocaust. Not one concentration camp was liber- was liberated. Not one concentration camp railhead was bombed. The visa offices turned down the uh, Jewish applications under central uh, command from Washington based on eugenic uh, principles, uh, which I pointed out in my book, War, War Against the Week. They had a federal eugenics officer who went around to all of these consulates, uh, uh, briefing them on how to deny uh, the Jews. Um, I didn't even know that. that 99% of the people who think they know about the, the consul generals don't know this fact, but it was brought out in my book from 20 years ago in 2003, War, war Against the Week on, on, on eugenics. It was the Democrats who also kept the black man down in, um, uh, in terms of the broken household and the family, aid to dependent children, where the war on poverty said we'll give you money only if there's no man in the house. And so the inspector comes in, wants to see if there's any presence of the man. Uh, they've lied to the black man so many times. Now the new, the new lie is reparations. Right. They're not going to get reparations. It's going to be yet another 40 acres and a mule. And this time, uh, people will not sit still for being betrayed. And so, in any event, um, can I ask? Can I ask about that list? Uh, there's one other one I wanted to ask about. Going back to the Holocaust, were the Democrats also responsible for Operation Paperclips in terms of saving the lives of senior Nazi officials and bringing them to then work in the NSA well, and I'm NASA and I the CIA? To add, I for, for, <laughs> I'm afraid I forgot to add Paperclip. That's right. And remember, Disney used to celebrate. Uh, the uh, space engineers who ran the death camps at, at Panamunde, uh, and um, unbelievable. Uh, it, 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 and uh, it's just a, a damning list that most Americans. It's have a damning no list, and now they want to claim that they're the standard bearers, and all they really want to do is find yet another way to pervert justice wow. and pervert e- equality. It's extraordinary that the Democrats could have such a history of genocide wow. in the United States and outside the United States against Indians, Japanese, blacks, everything they did with lynching, and somehow this is not, a, this is not apparent. Wow. Now, I want to go back to something you said earlier. I, I, I let you say it, and I said, okay, I'm coming back to this. You said the Democrats are working on, if they come back to power, to dispossess American Jews. What are you referring to? Well, uh, they hate Jews, uh, whether it's Ilhan Omar or uh, um, Ocasio-Cortez or um, um, any of these others. The squadron is not four people. It's uh, the, the squad is not four people. It's a squadron now. 
It's scores of people. And it's not just the ones in Congress. It's throughout the Democratic Party. There are elected officials in Montgomery County, where I live, just outside Washington and Maryland, throughout. They hate the country. They want to see it burned down and start, uh, st start again. And uh, when, if they should take power in the next election, what you will see is um, dispossession of the Jews of America. I've been warning about this since 2016. What does that mean? It means precisely this. Special taxation, special assessment, uh, fire violations uh, for anyone who supported anything in Israel, uh, um, ionization style, uh, grabbing of their uh, property, um, uh, Jews will be penalized, canceled, um, uh, anyone who supported is Israel will be, uh, have said to uh, have, have supported a racist state. I mean, whatever they're doing now in cancellation for no reason at all will be uh, multiplied abundantly should they take power, and they have a willing media to go with them. And we're looking at a very, very dangerous time in, a, in, in, a, in America. We're not looking at a uh, pseudo-fascism, um, uh, this claim in Israel that if uh, um, there is more checks and balances that the country's going to fall apart. We're talking about people who actually want to... Uh, apply FARA violations, and with that comes criminal FARA, F-A-R-A, Foreign Agent Registration Act. Oh, okay, yeah. So, in other words, right now, if uh, you, uh, under the law, if you are advocating for, um, let's say, a uh, Jewish charity in Israel, if you've donated to Israel Bonds, if you've donated to any of these organizations, they can say you're actually in violation of the Foreign Agent Registration Act. They've done this to Gal Luft right now. The name Gal Luft may be, uh, well, the people need to check out Gal Luft. He's pro, he's an Israeli American. And oh, the one who just, uh, he had testimony against the, the, the Joe Biden. That's uh, right. And they, uh, tried, and they uh, tried to extradite him, not from here, but from uh, Cyprus. Tried to catch him at the, air, at, 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 at the airport, claiming he violated FARA because he co-authored uh, an article with a former CIA director of the United States on energy usage. Gal Luft is a very famous uh, alternative energy ad, ad advocate and a fighter for democracy. So remember, under the expanded FARA regulations, if you advocate for uh, or are uh, or potentially are responsible for advocating, uh, like let's say you're the vice president or on the board uh, for any foreign entity, not just any foreign government, it could be Hadassah Hospital. In fact, Hadassah is already, for many years, registered under FARA, Foreign Agent Registration Act, because they know about this. The entire Jewish community right now 
the communal or organizations are all cross-examining themselves on everything they do really? and say to make sure that they act independently of any direction, actual or perceived from people here, and that they're functioning apart, worried about FARA. And once you have FARA and a FARA allegation, all the things that Hunter Biden was not uh, prosecuted for, once you have that, you have uh, financial um, liabilities, uh, assessments, there could be special assessments for people in Jewish communities. It's very simple. You know, it would be easy to have eminent domain and say, this area, this suburb where the Jews live, is now going to be subject to, uh, uh, to metropolitan uh, zoning, uh, and we're now going to declare this is low-income housing. They've already started this in Montgomery County, where I live, and it'd be easy to do again. You have too much land, too much, too little lack of density. So all of these methodologies, just very pretty versions of what the Nazis did during the uh, early years of the Third Reich, are. Uh, very much on the in the planning papers in the planning papers for this strong anti-Jewish democratic minority which is waiting for the old guys to be pushed out die out or uh, just jump out and then they will take over the party and I believe the turning point is going to be this very next presidential election and let's just say Miraculously or not miraculously, the Republicans win and the Democrats lose. Am I safe to say that? All right, that just means they're going to take a four, four or eight year break, but continuing the planning to then put it into practice the second they do come into power. It's not that it's going to. That's right. They're either going to come into power uh, uh, in the next election or the, or, or the next one after, after that. In fact, when. Um, uh, when uh, one of the recent uh, squad members was uh, um, excluded by the Republicans from the foreign uh, uh, from the foreign affairs. Uh, she said, oh, "Okay, uh, I'll be out for one term. I'll be back." So basically, they're acting like the Terminator. You can destroy them now. They'll reconstitute themselves in ten minutes, and they will be back. So let me ask you this, because again, you have a very unique perspective, both in understanding... And I want to tell you why I have a unique sure. perspective. Okay. Because all the people who are listening to your podcast are looking forward. They're right. looking at today. Yeah. I am constantly looking backward. Right. I'm always looking at what has happened to us. Right. And I know that history repeats itself. And in the case of the Jews, history is a horrible practice of stuttering and uh, and um, re and reafflicting. It's a very recidivist history that the Jews are facing, but continue. Right, no, I was going to say exactly that. You have an understanding of today's current events, but with the perspective of history. And now I just wanted to go more into the judicial issues. And here, I also, I try to help people connect to, to Israel, but also by understanding what's going on in America and seeing the similarities. We're seeing the exposure of the elite 
whether in the politics and the judicial system, like falling apart at the seams, but only the people who are awake are seeing it because the establishment media is hiding everything from us. In America, the, uh, the, the total corruption of the Biden family, of Hunter Biden, of China, of Ukraine, people following exactly what's going on sees it, but yet the legal establishment of America is going after Trump and not going after the Biden family. Here in Israel, the establishment has been going after Netanyahu for close to 30 years to destroy him and, and, and stop everything that any right-wing conservative government tries to put into action. The hypocrisy, little by little, is being exposed for some more and more people, the double standards. Here, if I'm out protesting, well, the police are out there with their batons and horses and shutting us down. And uh, all of a sudden, when the leftists who are against Bibi Netanyahu are out protesting, well, they're allowed to protest for half a year and nothing's, there are hardly any indictments against any of the protesters who are illegally protesting and using anarchy in many different ways while saying there are plenty of peaceful protesters, protesters as well. But again, the hypocrisy little by little and the double standard is being exposed for all to see, yet majority of people aren't seeing it because the establishment media is hiding the true narrative of what's going on to the masses. What is your perspective on where we are and where we are going, both in terms of America and in terms of Israel, where we're at this, this point in time? Unfortunately, the American social virus that you have described it has spread overseas, and Israel has caught it. Now, uh, first of all, it's a blessing that the two camps in Israel are fighting over uh, their version of democracy. Uh, remember that uh, the concept of liberty, Leviticus 25.10, was born in the desert, go forth and, and um, uh, spread liberty throughout the land declare liberty throughout the land for all its inhabitants thereof. And I'd like to stress that no one in that biblical injunction does it say for all the Jews, all the members of the tribe. It says inhabitants. So it truly speaks to uh, equality, justice, and liberty. The first uh, judge, At Atniel, was uh, appointed by Moses in the desert. So this was the democratic moment, and this was uh, uh, a key and perhaps a central issue of uh, God's relationship with the Jews was to bring democracy and equality and ju justice to the world. So Israel is fighting over what is the best version of democracy, your democracy on the left, or our democracy. The democracy envisioned by the right is uh, more like an American-style democracy. It has checks and balances. It has, um, uh, it uh, uh, wants to see the Supreme Court uh, members appointed uh, in a way that mimics the American system where there's some relationship to popular input that makes it democratic. The left wants to see a judicial monarchy. Right. They want to see a Supreme Court which is on a throne, appoints its own replacements, uh, does not require justiciability, which means standing in order to uh, declare uh, a judgment which uses the word reasonableness in an unreasonable way. And, and, of course, this is the test, what is reasonable, and that in itself is a reflection of mores. So, 
this is a uh, fight that's going on here, and uh, I wish it could be resolved, but I find it very difficult to say that the best way to advocate for democracy is by military mutiny, subversion of the military, anarchy, defamation, threats. This all sounds like the Stalinist stuff. And remember, uh, throughout history, uh, the mobs that have uh, the mobs that have uh, marched for democracy and for freedom and for liberty, like in Russia, led to Stalin. And in all of these many instances, the French led to the reign of terror, the yep. French Revolution. Uh, really, America has been uh, the very imperfect light unto the nations. And now Israel is finishing the job and being uh, a brighter and more clarified light under the nations. I'm very disappointed at the vituperative uh, hyperbole that I'm hearing. And the media, is, um, especially the, uh, the English language Israeli media, media that I know very well, that I'm involved with, that normally I have uh, breakfast here in this hotel with their editors, I'm very disappointed. They're just provoking this. Yeah. They're just, uh, um, the four guys sign a letter, uh, they're all retired, and they say, I'm not going to do my reserve duty anymore. Headline news. Headline news. Army's coming apart. The army's coming apart, and yet look what's happening. While all this is going on, major missions are being undertaken. Netanyahu's got, uh, if he doesn't have his pacemaker going right this minute, supposed to meet with Erdogan. We've got vibrant new breaking out relations with Morocco. Uh, we've, uh, uh, the foreign ministry, the Mesrata Khouts, is, uh, uh, um, accomplishing miracles around the world. While this is going on, people tell me, I'm in hotels here, oh my God, our hotel, uh, we can't look to any economic future. What's your occupancy now? 100%. Okay, I, I, I can't even get my normal room because the, these hotels are oversold. As I said on my show, okay. I'm, I'm in a sold-out hotel in a land of sold-out hotels. It's double and triple to get a room here than it was before. This country is thriving. I was told, well, we're going to lose our entire high-tech center. Really? Intel just announced a $25 billion um, uh, campus here, and they right now have 11,300 employees in three cities in, 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 in Israel. And all that's going to suddenly dissipate. Not true. There's so much hyperbole. And the duty of the media should be to separate the hyperbole from the reality. Right. And they're not doing that. They're just stoking the flames. And so everybody knows I can get my 15 minutes of fame uh, by just um, providing some reporters some, info, some information. And there you see a headline with a giant picture, and one paragraph of text is a story. I've never seen such a thing, and that's why uh, when, propaganda. when I look at the uh, ethical media like JNS, um, I really urge all of my friends uh, to support it, read it, check it, and really 
get a more balanced view of what's going on in Israel. And I'm very glad you gave the historical context for what we're witnessing today in Israel, because you brought up the mob, uh, the, the mob of uh, Russia that brought in the Stalinists, the mob of the French Revolution, that they themselves were then eaten up by the revolution that they, that they supported and, and were out in the streets for. And, I mean, I don't say this using these words, but in a sense, what we're witnessing today, and I'm calling out, today's protest movement is basically being led by lies and emotional manipulation. Those out there protesting today against the judicial reform, which is really about a regime change and a coup, they're useful idiots. They think they know what they're... that right now we're, uh, we have the threats of a military coup, a military coup saying we're going to take down the military. Right. Where's, where is the brain? Is there somebody in Israel, one man, who's going to look at his family in the next room and say, I will let them die. I will let my community die. I will let my country die because I differ with the prime minister? Is there one man who... Who are they fooling? Are they fooling themselves? Are they fooling the editors? Is everybody involved in this mass hysteria? I think everybody is going to have to, like, take a pause, take a breath, pour a whiskey, take a Shabbos, and figure out what the hell is going on in this country, and stop the vituperation. I've never heard. Look, I know the whole history of this country. I know the saison between uh, the Jabotinsky people and the Mapai. I know about all of that. And I never thought I would see this in modern Israel. Now, why do they have this, uh, this opportunity? Because Israel is doing so well. Yeah. This is a first world, first nation obligation. So now, the people here and the people in the United States, the people who have to choose between a three-layered chocolate cake and an apple pie with a lot of whipped cream on it. That's their hard choice. And now they have to choose all of these other things. You know, right now we're, we have the anachronism of uh, seeing two movies juxtaposed simultaneously. Idiocy in history. Barbie mm -hmm. and Oppenheimer. How is that... How is that possible? So, uh, Orwell warned us yep. against the mathematics of fascism. Two plus two equals five. And this is what we're seeing today. Yep. The uh, different pronouns, which we do not use on my show, uh, different realities, and uh, uh, it is threatening the moral compass of both the United States and Israel, shared values, and shared tzorat. So I, uh, I know you have to go, you have a busy day. I try my best while explaining the reality and this insane reality to everyone, uh, throwing in my optimism that I look at what's going on, it's a wake-up process. The, 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 the onion, the, the, the layers of the onion are of, of the lies that we've been living, that have been surrounding us all these years, little by little, are, are being uh, exposed for those of us willing to see and, and, and actually focus on the facts to see. And it's a wake-up process, and I, I, I'm blessed to see more and more people waking up and seeing this, whether in terms of what's going on in America or the whole Western world or in Israel. 
I'm optimistic we're going to get out of this somehow. How? I, I don't see the end game because right now it looks horrible. It's getting worse day by day in terms so of So what are they going to do the day after tomorrow? Okay. Are they going to say, okay, this legislation is passed, and now what do we have? Now we're going to uh, tear our shirts, cover the mirrors, and we're going to protest like this every day. Now the new rallying cry will be repeal, repeal, repeal. What are we going to do? And I say that the better instincts of the Jewish people in Israel and simultaneously, coterminously, the better instincts of the American people will, will prevail. And the only guy who can control that is the big guy, Hashem. He's the big guy. That's right, guys. You heard it from the legend himself, Edwin Black. And this is the message I give every, to everyone. Hold on to your faith. Strengthen your faith. You can only understand the reality today. And truly hold on to the optimism of where we're going and make sure you're on the right path. If you strengthen your faith in the one above, and we're going to get out of this. Edwin, it is such a pleasure. A pleasure. It is such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Continue your, your amazing, amazing work. I look forward to next time hosting you again so we can catch up when you come back to, to Israel. In the meantime, keep up your, your really, really important work. Thank you. Thank you. Everyone signing off for another episode of The Pulse of Israel here in our eternal and ancestral homeland, the land of Israel, in our eternal, beautiful, biblical, and indivisible capital, Jerusalem, since King David's time. Shalom, everyone. Thanks for watching. Pulse of Israel, frontline videos from the Holy Land. Support our work by donating today.